The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. Welcome to the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, offering insights, wisdom, and counsel from the most respected CEOs. Here is the host of the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, John Crossman. Hello and welcome to the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. This is John Crossman. And today we have a guest that's a pretty close person to me. This is Brian Watson is here with us today. And Brian is a vice president here at Crossmark Services. Brian, thanks for being here with us. Well, good morning. Hello. So glad to have you. Listen, Brian, I wanted you to talk first about big picture about your perspective on the real estate market. You know, you're doing all kinds of cool stuff where you're doing acquisitions and dispositions and uh, leasing and different things. You see a lot of different perspectives. So your perspective on the central floor real estate market, just big picture. What are your thoughts? Well, from what I'm seeing here in Central Florida, it's a lot of growth opportunity. And with growth comes a lot of comp- competition. Mm. People that are here, uh, people wanting to be here. Um, I'm fortunate to work in several of the uh, different market areas between retail and office and a little industrial. But at the same time, you see the competition growing in each of those segments. Um, it's just a matter of um, seeing how that competition works trying to stay ahead of it. There's always something about being there first because if you're there first, you can at least kind of control the narrative when you work with um, the competition. So when I hear you saying that, what jumps in my mind is, is that uh, there are a lot of opportunities, but you got to move quickly. And what, what hits me when you say that is my example would be Fazoli's. You represent Fazoli's in central Florida and gosh, they got a brand new location right by my house there on Colonial near Baldwin Park. I literally have walked to it before and had a great meal and walked home. Right. And you did that deal. At the same time, and while that's a great concept and there's deals out there, man, every time you're looking at a site, there's a lot of people looking at the site. So opportunities, but you got to move fast. Is that is that what you're referring to? Absolutely. When I did the Fasoli site, it literally went there on a Saturday morning. Hmm. And when I went there that Saturday morning, I met with the uh, listing broker with a uh, letter of intent ready to be signed and delivered. And based on that, I kind of shut everybody out. And so, you know, just with that, that mindset of being there first with preparation, but going there and being ready to close the deal. And, you know, when you look at the marketplace, um, you see there are other comp- other brands perhaps moving out of the marketplace and you see some existing locations and trying to get to those locations, get to the owner ahead of everyone. is just such a critical uh, speed. You got to work lightning fast. Right. Well, that's so fascinating. So like, you well, we're seeing some brands move in and seeing other brands moving out. Uh, it's sort of staying in equilibrium, is what I hear you saying. Like it's like you know, we heard a lot during uh, you know um, you know retail Armageddon and then COVID and there was you know retailers that were a lot of closings, but there still was net you know absorption. And you're saying this sort of a continuation. Even if you see some retailers go down, they're still playing more than a ramping up, and that's why you're going to move quickly. Absolutely, and you know it, it comes down to being first. Um, understanding uh, what the client needs mm-hmm. and in some instances making decisions for them. Yeah. And now to make a decision for them, you have to um, have that trust. Yeah. And as you have that trust, um, they'll value that opinion. And a lot of that has come from, you know, I'm the kind of guy that's been around for a long time. Right. You know, between uh, different corporations, um, probably within the top, 100 corporations, I've been at four of them. Mm-hmm. So I kind of take that experience 
um, and leverage that to where I'm at today's uh, marketplace. Well, that's helpful. So then the front end, you build that trust and that confidence that when you're calling some plays, they know you know what you're doing. And so you're making the right decision for them. So that's pretty critical. That's that added value. Right. And so, um, uh, so for anybody looking at today's market, it sounds like have your team and your, you know, everything prepared before you launch out, because then you got to get in there and be tough. And then sometimes when you're looking at a site, you got to tell your story, you got to pitch that brand. You might think, well, I see a vacant building. I'm going to go lease it. Uh, but not so fast, right? Like, um, because if somebody else has a, a better concept, better financially healed, better story, they may get it, it even if it's not the same amount of rent, right? Without a doubt. I mean, and in today's marketplace, uh, you take a brand like Fazoli's that's actually owned by fat brands, and you have the local operator that has the licensing rights for about five or six restaurants, uh, but they are not considered a national brand. And in essence, they are a national brand with support behind a corporation like a fat brand, but that local operator is five or you know, two, three stores in trying to grow and Landlord says, okay, we want you to be a national brand. So it's kind of like um, fighting uphill and justifying the credit worthiness or the operational readiness of that tenant. So this could be a long-term play. You know, it's interesting you say that because on the other side of it is there's always some really cool mom and pop concepts, right? Like to me, when you're building a really great, you know, tenant mix of a shopping center, you've got some national brands, you've got some regionals, and you got like that local one-off that everybody loves. You know, it's like, that Thai restaurant that people are just crazy about or that specific hair salon that's, you know, uh, you know, all these different group of ladies like to go to that one. And so I guess some landlords are purely credit or national minded, but to me it's like a lot of times the mix of those tenants is really what makes for a great product. It does because, you know, it's to your point about the local mom and pops. What I like about them, the local mom and pops is they're successful for a reason. Right. They're very hands-on. They're not absentee owners. This is their lifeblood. So when I look at a situation like that, you know, I'm, you know, being an entrepreneur, you know, I want to make sure we make the right call for them. Yeah. You know, these are people who have been around 30, 40 years, whatever. This is all they have. They leave their legacy to their children. Uh, so we've got to make the right call for them. Now, do I prefer them as an operator versus uh, some other operator that's just making an investment into a site? I do because I can count on them. They're there. They understand what's coming in and what's going out. They're looking at the books every day. Um, and they're knowing how to pay their bills. Right? Listen, I mean, you know, um, you know, how many times has something come on the news about social media where there's some ding dong, you know, employee at some major corporation fast food place and they're taking a bath in the, you know, in the dishwasher or something like that, or playing hockey with the burger patties or something like that, right? And when you see something like that, that's never going to happen in a place where there's local ownership, right? Yeah. That's that's the comparison. Like people always say, like, why does Chick Fil A do so well? Well, because it's franchisee, and that franchisee can only open one or two stores, and so the owner of that store is in that store a lot, a lot, right? And yeah. that, even though it's a corporate brand, it's the, the franchisee, it's that local model. It's like that's the secret sauce to Publix in the same way where the employees are the owners, right? And you don't have that shenanigans, you know, so. And it isn't also true too. And I think Fazoli's is a great example of this is like, you got local ownership that's in the, in the store all the time. They also legitimately care locally, right? Like they're donating to charities in central Florida. Right. And where people are all over the country, like if you're listening to this and you're in Seattle, you're in, you know, Chicago, whatever, it's the same thing. Like when you've got somebody that's operating a business and they're donating to the schools in your community, the charities in your community, whereas 
sometimes these bigger corporations can be a little soulless, like they're not connected, right? Well, I kind of grew up um, uh, in McDonald's from the perspective that when they tease us that we got ketchup in our blood, right? Mm -hmm. So if you take that uh, frame perspective, recognizing those operators that within a three to five mile operator, that they want to make sure they call it local store marketing. And that really describes all those different techniques that you just mentioned before about the charity aspect, uh, growing those families, growing those children, uh, really taking a hands-on approach. So when, it, when you get to people like that, that recognize that and really care about that, you know, you want to work with those people very closely and make sure they are, um, you know, do the right thing. You know, I know that both at Fazoli's, your guys, and, and Chick fil they recognize that when kids graduate high school, right, mm. or make the honor roll, like they're doing little fun things to celebrate that, but that's meaningful. Yeah, I like this quote. It's a, it's a slight misquote, but uh, Napoleon said, men will die for the smallest scrap of a ribbon, mm. which is just to say that human beings appreciate being appreciated, right? The, the humans. You're right. And the like, humans. and if you have a, a kid starts at 15 and at 17 years old, they're graduating and you at Pizzoli's are doing something special for them. They don't forget, you know? Well, you know, it's, it's amazing. Um, how you can be an entrepreneur when you're 15, 16 years old and you stay within the system and you learn all those different techniques and uh, you develop these skills along the way that makes you a very successful business person down the road. And you just don't forget those things. For sure. For sure. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. I want to talk, I want to pull the thread a little bit and get a little more of your insight of leadership for young entrepreneurs. That's great. We'll be right back here at the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. This is John Crossman, and I work with a lot of vendors in the commercial real estate industry. And I got to tell you, one of my favorite ones ever is my friends over at Construction Unlimited, Florida's premier roofing company, and they bridge the craftsmanship with the pinnacle of innovation. They're just one of the best groups because of the trust, the expertise, the quality, and my favorite part, they're really committed to the community. When you're thinking about roofing construction needs, keep Construction Unlimited at the top of your list. At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. Here's a call to those who want to make an impact on their company, their community, or who possess a desire to make the world a better place. Crossman Career Builders provides the tools and resources for you or your company to make a difference on some of the toughest issues that we all face. Crossman Career Builders partners with CEOs, politicians, and pastors seeking to address problems of racism, mental health, addiction, justice, and suicide. CrossmanCB.com Once again, here's John Crossman. All right, we are back here at the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition with Brian Watson, who's a vice president here at uh, Crossmark. And Brian, beyond your uh, success, and you, you you have had a big corporate career and now uh, a significant brokerage career, you've also been a successful dad. I'm not going to th- throw that out there. Mm-hmm. You, you have a pretty good perspective. You know, uh, Mike, you know, I don't know if you know this about Brian, but Brian's got two children that both graduated from Ivy League schools, right? So he's a, he's a smarty, smart, smart, this guy, you know, like there's something going on there. And on top of that, uh, so you had this corporate world background, but you also have a dad perspective background. And uh, for all of you just don't know that your uh, father-in-law is the late uh, Dr. Fred Humphreys, uh, one of the most, I don't know, significant HBCU presidents in U.S. history, both at Tennessee State and then at Florida A&M. 
So with all that, and at the point you're in a career, uh, I want to get your perspective on what are the most successful traits, I would say, of both entrepreneurs and, and CEOs, right? So if you're talking to you know, young people listening to this who are in college and they want to be entrepreneurs, they want to be CEOs, they want to be superstars or young professionals, you as a dad, uncle, <laughs> you know, relative, your perspective, what are you saying to those kids like, hey, you need to think about these traits to be successful? What is it? You know, I think the most important part is uh, from a leadership perspective is really listen. Um, I know we all have uh, accountability um, to our internal and external investors. And uh, we have to make sure we grow that top line, you know, grow that bottom line and manage those expenses in between. But as a leader you know, it's so critical that you listen to what your clients are asking you. And your clients are uh, the people that you work for, they work for you, and your customers. And you just got to listen. Um, you know, if, if we go back to the McDonald's example, about half those items on the menu were created by individuals in the restaurant. Hmm, right? So when you look at that and those products have been successful and that corporation, we all know how they, how successful they are. You know, the critical thing is listening and then um, provide assistance in how you can help them. You know, we look at um, how we can help them from their personal perspective, um, personal being some of the things that might be going on in their life at home. Um, how do we uh, work with them um, as they grow their career. And, you know, so there's a, there's a, there's a balance that everybody carries. You know, we carry, and you talk about the family. Um, getting my kids through Ivy League schools uh, was no easy task. Um, you know, between their, me and their mother, you know, education, you know, obviously being my association with Dr. Humphreys, and not only him, but also through my family, but also looking at him and his education, proudness, and, you know, excellence is caring, uh, so, you know, you, t- you know, you have those kind of, uh, role models that it's just, you can't miss. Right. So, you know, when you, when you look at my children, they were blessed, um, to, um, have their grandfather work with them. They was blessed to have their parents around. Um, you know, you, those things cannot be over missed. You know, Brian, uh, I've asked this question a lot of people, and the way you talk about listening is the best I've ever heard. It's just right on point. And I have had a funny meeting this week, I mean, like I mentioned to you, where I had some guys come in who wanted to do business with us. And people, you think I'm making this up. Mike, you think, like, listen to this. These guys came in. We met for 58 minutes, whatever it was. When I tell you they talked for 50 minutes, like, I am not joking. They talked for 50 minutes. Wow. And when I got to the end, Brian, I looked at these guys in our conference room and I said, do you have any questions for me? And they said, no. And they got up and left. And I thought, what a waste of time. Like these guys are experienced people and they did almost no listening, right? Almost no listening. So when you, I hear you say that, like, and we think about someone's a young person, you know, one of the things is really listening to their professor, right? And it goes beyond just like, how do I get an A on this test, which a lot of kids have kind of mastered, but really listen to the advice. You know, like when I talk to professors who are frustrated, they're like, man, I tell these kids to do these things and then 4% do it, right? So if I tell them to go on LinkedIn and build a profile. So I think really working on active listening skills is so key. 
And then here's another one that might be a little bit hard for some of young people, listening to your parents, right? Like your parents say the same thing over and over again. But sometimes it's like, why is that so important? You know, like if a parent's saying, hey, you got to do this, as a young person, you might pause and say, hey, dad, why why, why is that so important? Do you tell me the story behind that? And I think what young people learn is like, your parent pushes certain things really hard because of their own pain. You know, it's not always just like, well, hey, I think, uh, I think you should always put money in your IRA. It's because they're going to end up saying like, hey, I didn't put my IRA for my first 20 years of my career. I didn't know what an IRA was, right. right? Like there's a reason behind it. And when you're a small child, you don't need to know the reason. Hey, just don't, you know, don't run the street, right? But as you get older, you lean into that. And then and the other part was like, I just, what hit me was internships, you know, that like, and it could be even if you're interning or you're just working fast food or something like that over summer, but really learning and listening about that. Well, you know, Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, you know, throughout the many different corporation jobs, I also have experience being in a classroom. Mm, that's right. Yep. And um, being a, um, an adjunct professor at Valencia uh, for about four semesters. And obviously there's a um, book they want you to teach through. I'm like, you guys could always read the book. What you really came here to, hopefully came here is take advantage of my experience. And if you take advantage of people's experience, it'll just keep that learning curve so short. Mm-hmm. And um, just the, the experience piece, the listening piece, um, you know, that's how, we, that's how we do it, right? That's how we give back. You know, don't be afraid of sharing what you know. And it, it all come back around. And so, you know, when I look at young students, um, I want to make sure that we talk and say, and you do a good job with this too, John. It's like, really, what do you want to get out of this? You know, they come in for an intern and they may think, oh, I just want college credit. But you, you can get so much more out of this mm-hmm. if you put so much more time into it. So it's what you put into is what you're going to get out of it. Well, you know, what I learned from you, Brian, in, in this conversation is, is that when you said you're, the second thing you said is like, you said assist, and I really felt like you were saying that in an actual manner. Like, you know, if you're working at a fast food place and you're like, you know what, what if what if we tried this different kind of seasoning on these fries? What if we offered Cajun fries and the regular fries, right? Like, and you never know where that goes. When you said that, you know, my oldest daughter, you know, she works at Loft when she comes home for summer. And it's like, I'm going to say that to her. Like, hey, listen to your boss, ask good questions. And then don't be afraid to come up and share an idea. You know, if you have an idea about how to better display clothes or something like that, or if you, you feel like, hey, at my college, more girls are buying these kind of blouses than these kind of blouses, like, you know, share that, right? And so then that becomes a really interesting dialogue. That's pretty cool. And, and, as, and as any business person, why would they not want to hear that? Right. I mean, it keeps them so current. Um, and that's our challenge today is stay current and relevant and intentional. And if, you know, you, the kids are saying, this is our feedback, this is what I'm saying, this is what we like, it may take a little while to implement it. Right. But the fact of the matter is, this is what's happening in real time. Yeah. And if you take that real-time data, it'll come back um, many ways, financially, um, as well as um, being grateful and thankful that you have people around you that are not afraid to share information with you. You know, it's funny is that, you know, we've been doing social media at a pretty high level for a long time. Um, but you know, starting this year, it's gotten a lot better. And that's because of Shayla, our intern from mm-hmm. university of central Florida. And I just think she's, she's pushing it. She's pushing a little bit. She's a little more edgier. She's getting out there. And so, you know, now I don't, she wouldn't have done that if we didn't encourage her, but then it, she has to take a step too. So well, it's listening and an actual. Yes. And then, you know, you take someone that's like me where, um, 
I'm not as socially savvy, mm-hmm. if, you know, from that perspective, because I'm an old school guy and mm-hmm. TV, print, uh, radio is my right. is my gig. You know, when you got social media comes around, it takes me a little time to get to it. So I need that fresh blood, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what people are seeing. Right. So when you bring on people like that, and that's their special skill set, is that take us into the uh, next century, you know, from a communication perspective. That's awesome. Well, listen, uh, Brian, you're one of my favorite people in the business, man. You're awesome. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom. Uh, thanks for coming in. It's awesome. Good to see you. We're going to take a break and be right back. I'd like to thank Maynard Cooper and Gale PC for being a sponsor of our program. Maynard is a full service law firm with over 350 attorneys and 14 offices nationally to serve with professional excellence in everything from corporate and business matters to day-to-day legal issues. The office in Central Florida focuses its practice in real estate, corporate transactions and organization, banking and finance, along with trust and estates. To learn more, visit MaynardCooper.com. Crossmock Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments, analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com. As the largest property tax practice in North America, Ryan's professionals possess the local footprint and knowledge backed by a team with national expertise to help organizations minimize their property tax liabilities and ensure valuations are fair and accurate. With the Florida tax appeal deadlines approaching rapidly, local experts at Ryan work proactively with many jurisdictions across Florida well in advance of the August trim notice mailing to ensure our clients receive maximum tax savings. Guys, I use Ryan, and I hope you will too. Once again, here's John Crossman. All right, we're back here. Um, Mike Gillen, how are you, sir? I am doing well, man. It's always fun to see Brian. I've met him a couple of times. As he's been up here with you, but that's the first time I've got to really hear him talk like that. You know, listen, people always have a story behind them, right? And so uh, obviously the strong corporate background has been very cool and very helpful. But, you know, knowing that about his kids, like, again, like you can't just accidentally go to Ivy League school. So the guy has a lot to offer. What I really dove in there, well, first off, on the business side, I I just love the perspective of, yes, there's opportunities. You got to move fast. You got to tell your story, have your eight game in. You're like, Hey, we're going to go do this. And you got to jump all over it. Right. So I thought that on the business side, hadn't heard of that before. And I thought that was completely on point and accurate and good for people to hear. Cause sometimes when people are building a business, they're, they're doing the right thing with coming a lot of cool ideas, you know, but then you got to like push that into actionable. We got to take that hill. Yeah. Right. Right. And I thought that was totally on point. Yeah. I really love the way that he talked about speaking of hearing. That's what we need to hear about how his example of McDonald's mm-hmm. hearing their customers and really coming up with a lot of menu items based on what they've heard yeah. that the customers are wanting or needing. Yeah. And I think that's really the kind of feedback that a lot of businesses miss. Well, and he was saying that from both that perspective and the employee perspective, which I thought that was an even deeper level. And then as he was talking, it just really hit me of like, man, when you think about companies that I really like versus companies I don't like, that's really the key point. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, when it's either Fazoli's Publix, you know, Chick-fil-A, you know, you, there's a human component. You feel like people care, whereas like, you know, other times they're not checked out. They're checked out. 
I uh, I have a men's Bible study meets every Friday morning, and we, somebody always brings in a little bit of breakfast. And one of them went to this one place, and they uh, they said I need uh, eight cups of coffee, and then I need cream and sugar and, and something like that. And so the person just poured all the cream and sugar into all of them, right? And so they got eight cups of coffee, completely all the cream and sugar and all. Oh my right? goodness! You know, which yeah. how could I mean I don't drink coffee.